Hi, and welcome back to The Big Questions. As usual, I'm your host, Dylan Riddle. This week, we're back after a short break with a very special episode featuring my colleague Martin Bohr, a director in the Regulatory Affairs Department here at the Institute of International Finance, and Jan Bellens, a partner in global banking and capital markets sector leader at EY based in New York. The two of them spoke recently for the IAF's sister podcast, The Global Regulatory Update. But there's a reason I wanted to share it with you. As the COVID-19 pandemic spread around the world, it looks certain that businesses and society as a whole would have to shut down for a certain period of time. There's one thing I kept thinking about, and that is how does a bank, or any business for that matter, transition 98 or 100% of their workforce to work from home or a remote work model essentially overnight? Is there enough equipment? Are there enough laptops? Do people have access to the files and documents they need from home? Fortunately, people like Jan and Martin have been discussing this idea of operational resilience in the financial services sector for the last few years. It's something that the IF has featured at a number of our events as well. And the idea is that financial firms have the ability to identify, test, protect, adapt, respond, as well as recover and learn from operational disruptions. Operational resilience, as I said, is an important topic for IIF firms, and we've been engaged in regular discussion with key regulators to exchange ideas around the concept and to ensure the frameworks are workable for firms operating across jurisdictions. I think it's better if we just jump right into the discussion. I'll be back at the end to give you some more of my thoughts, but for now, over to Martin and Jan. Welcome to the IIF Global Regulatory Update Podcast. I'm Martin Boer, a Director of Regulatory Affairs at the Institute of International Finance in Washington, D.C. For this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Jan Bellens, who is the Global Banking and Capital Markets Sector Leader at EY and based in New York. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the relatively new concept of operational resilience, which has been defined as the ability of firms to identify protect, adapt, and respond to, as well as recover and learn from operational disruptions. Operational resilience is an important topic for IAF firms, and we're engaged in regular discussions with key regulators to exchange ideas around the concept and to ensure the frameworks are workable for firms operating across jurisdictions. It's also, of course, especially topical given the challenges we are all currently facing around the COVID-19 pandemic. Young. Welcome to our podcast. I hope that you, your family, and colleagues are staying safe and healthy in these difficult times. Uh, thanks a lot, Martin. Uh, and thanks very much for inviting me here. Uh, well, I think the Balance family's operational resilience has been uh, quite robust. There have been some complaints about my uh, cooking skills under lockdown, uh, but otherwise all good. Um, and I have to say our EY staff around the world has also been incredibly resilient. Uh, everyone in everybody is motivated by by a very proactive and caring tone from the top on in this respect. Great. I'm very glad to hear that, Jan. You've been advising financial firms for 25 plus years. Have you ever seen anything like this period before? And what makes it different in previous crises? No, I certainly have not seen anything with uh, this severity. Uh, such a large part of the global economy coming to a near standstill so rapidly at almost the same time is really unprecedented in, in my lifetime. And um, I think it is well noted already that this crisis is very different from uh, 2008, which was largely a financial crisis triggered by excesses in the financial markets. Um, COVID-19 
is a global health crisis in the real economy, which has hit very, very fast. Um, global supply chains are disrupted. Unemployment rates have shot up um, quite dramatically. Government intervention is bigger than ever before and bankruptcies are expected to spike. So uh, we will definitely see a, a recession, um, uh, but I think this time around we should uh, we should trust that a well-capitalized and well-regulated banking system can play its role in, in getting the real economy uh, back to growth and, uh, and play its role in that. Great, great. We heard from the Financial Stability Board this morning that there have already been 850 discrete measures being taken by different governments. So as you say, there's been a lot of activity here. Um, what have the banks done in response to the evolving regulatory and supervisory requirements on operational resilience? And how does operational resilience in practice help firms safeguard their operations and provide continuity through these periods of uncertainty? So I, I think um, banks recognized already that achieving operational resilience is not a regulatory compliance exercise. It's actually a business imperative. You know, building and maintaining trust with consumers and businesses is, is a key part of the financial services systems. Um, and it benefits clients, shareholders, and the broader economy. Uh, continuity of service across the sector is really a key element in creating trust with customers, protecting society, and it's a strategic consideration at board level, not just a regulatory compliance, um, you know, uh, challenge. Now, that being said, um, you know, uh, what, what, what have firms done in practice? You know, as you point out, achieving operational resilience requires a bank not only to focus on minimizing the likelihood of an incident occurring and causing a disruption, but also to assume, like in this case of uh, the virus, to assume that disruptions do occur and put robust response and recovery processes in place. And some of the key activities that the banks already undertake in that respect is identifying their most important uh, business services, uh, then exploring mechanisms for setting uh, impact tolerances, and performing a gap assessment of their current approach against, you know, consumer and market expectations. And these activities lay the foundation to developing a response that evolves uh, their existing approach to managing risk and achieving that operational resilience. But it's also proportionate and should be proportionate to the services they provide and how consumers and markets re rely on them. Picking up on those points, can you share with us some of the experiences that you and your colleagues at EY have seen across the financial industry? Where have the bank's plans and investments in operational resilience held up well? Where have you seen challenges? What are firms doing to remain resilient in this context? Well, Martin, uh, overall, I believe the financial systems and the banks have until now proven to be operationally resilient in this pandemic. And this should not be taken for granted. It's a great achievement uh, thanks to regulatory and supervisory oversight, but also the prudent risk-based planning and investments by the banks. I would, I would say that in general around the world, the shift to working from home for the majority of the bank staff and the switch to digital interactions with customers only has gone well. Now, critical processes and infrastructure have held up despite often unprecedented shifts in volume and less productive capacity. So, and, and I believe where we have seen some temporary challenges, the banks have, as operational resilience requires, have adapted quickly. Um, we've seen some areas spike, such as 
you know, how to deal with remote trading and especially the compliance challenges that come with uh, remote trading. Uh, we've seen an entire country uh, with a lot of shared service centers by banks going in lockdown. Uh, India went in lockdown. It was a scramble for laptops, for internet connections. But in the end, um, the entire uh, system has proven to be operationally resilient. Um, and then I, I think a third one where we have seen temporarily challenges is where sometimes banks were requested to provide new services and had to establish new processes. Um, for example, in the transmission of government stimulus across across the world um, and, and basically providing uh, government stimulus to small and medium-sized enterprises, to consumers uh, or, or corporates. Um, but overall, I think banks have responded very well in this pandemic. And, you know, actually one of my clients told me recently that they, they made an operational fix that was required. It would typically take them in business as usual. It would take them about six months and they accomplished it in about six days. That's great. Yeah, as you say, Jan, um, as part of operational resilience, banks do plan for disruptions. But to what extent had firms been planning for pandemics in particular before COVID-19? And is there something different about COVID-19 than previous types of wide-scale disruptions? Uh, I think it's a good question, uh, Martin. And I, I, as you, you know, as highlighted, you know, disruption to the banking system comes from a variety of sources. Um, and I have to say, uh, typically, our EY risk survey and, and most of the discussions uh, before this pandemic hit were more focused on operational disruptions related to uh, cyber, technology, data, and third parties. So IT obsolescence, IT obsolescence um, data and availability, prolonged IT outages, um, and you know, as highlighted again, cyber risks, which was often the number one, the number one. Um, you know, and 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 that I think was very much uh, the focus. Um, perhaps less so a global pandemic, but nevertheless, although banks may not have modeled for a truly global uh, pandemic of this severity, a lot of the response and recovery programs are still relevant in this case, um, as many of them have put the reliability of the technology infrastructure to the test. And I think mm -hmm. one of the key differences for COVID-19 is its truly global nature. And that exposes uh, global supply chains of businesses, banks included. Um, hence also my view that operational resilience is a global effort that will require the adoption of an international common approach by, by the public and, and private sectors. If we move to the regulatory approach for a moment, uh, the UK authorities, including the Bank of England, the Prudential Regulatory Authority, and the Financial Conduct Authority, have been at the forefront on thinking about operational resilience, uh, releasing their first discussion paper in July 2018. Jan, how do you see the UK approach working in the context of COVID-19? And as regulatory and supervisory authorities around the world think of how to approach operational resilience, what do you think that they're learning from the current pandemic and from what the banks have been doing so far? As you point out, Martin, I think the UK approach has certainly elevated the topic of operational uh, resilience uh, with, uh, with, with boards and, and with regulators around the world. It has put a stake in the ground on, on the definitions, the lexicon and and also on on approach and on, on policy and 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 yes, I actually do believe that the policy has already 
had had an impact. Uh, for example, as as I mentioned, in in third party management and outsourcing. Um, I think importantly, in addition to the UK authorities now, we are seeing resilience become a core focus, uh, not just in the UK, but across the EU, uh, the US and, and further afield. So the European Commission and the European supervisory authorities are updating requirements. And outside the EU, we have seen global regulatory focus starting to turn operational to turn to operational resilience as well. For example, with the Basel Committee, um, and with uh, US regulators mandating remediation activity relating to resilience. Um, I think collaboration between regulators and the private sector should, should continue. It should acknowledge and recognize that in times of crisis, flexibility and ongoing communication will be required. And, and I think um, this, this global pandemic will be a great um, learning exercise for uh, both the public and private sector uh, in in updating their uh, their approaches. Yes, definitely a flexibility and uh, global regulatory coordination are very important here. Um, yep. In terms of the banks and how they respond to this, do you expect that leading banks around the world will have to update their operational resilience plans after their experiences in the current pandemic? Uh, it's a good question, Martin. And of course, I don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately, but um, you know, the, the financial industry is constantly learning from from events and, and incidents, identifying gaps and implementing changes necessary to continue improving and updating its processes um, in, in line with the changes where I think I think we will certainly see because of this pandemic a renewed focus on operational resilience. Um, and I, I think uh, although as as I highlighted, uh, operational resilience in the banking system has held up well. Uh, we will see banks uh, thinking about some of the gaps and we will also have to, I think the banks will also have to adapt their approaches to perhaps changes in their in their operating model and in their ecosystem. So for example, quite a lot of banks are currently thinking about what is going to happen to my workforce, you know, beyond, beyond this crisis. Um, we can see more working from home, uh, perhaps, and less less in the office. Uh, we can see more nearshore operations with uh, specific operational resilience uh, questions. Um, and we will also, perhaps, as we've seen already in Asia, uh, dramatically increase digital adoption by, by both consumers and businesses alike, uh, which will lead to different customers' expectations and and again will also change how operational resilience uh, has to has to evolve. Yes, great. Those are great insights. Um, as a last question, Jan, can I ask you what would you recommend to smaller organizations that might not have the resources and the technical expertise of the large global financial firms? Are there any relatively quick wins that can make a big difference in terms of supporting their resilience in the current circumstances? I wouldn't necessarily call them uh, quick wins, but I, I hope mm -hmm. that some of these um, ideas ad address the the challenge in terms of resources and technical expertise. Uh, I, I think a, a key point is obviously the tone from the top, uh, which doesn't have to be very costly. <laughs> I think um, you know another another one here, and and, and I think uh, you know, forums such as these are important. Is learning from peers. 
um, you know, sometimes they're larger peers, but 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 just across the the peer group, uh, learning, uh, benchmarking, and sharing of uh, sharing of best practices. Um, I, I I firmly believe that uh, testing, simulating, and exercising uh, are are really good uh, good ways to make make dramatic improvements. And some of those tests or exercises can again be done across peer groups or across uh, even across the industry. Um, and then I think you know smaller institutions will also benefit from uh, investments made by. Uh, by utilities and by third-party infrastructure providers that will be held to a high standard by perhaps some of the larger global banks, um, and where again, you know, smaller firms should be able to benefit from uh, using similar services or standards. Thank you again to Martin and Jan for allowing us to share their insights with the Big Questions listeners. I thought one of the interesting things was that while financial systems and banks have up until this point proven to be operationally resilient throughout the pandemic, it really shouldn't be taken for granted and it should be hailed as quite an achievement. Of course, a pandemic is not something really anyone had planned for up until this point, but thanks to regulatory and supervisory oversight, and also the prudent risk-based planning and investments by the banks, I agree with Jan in saying, in general around the world, the shift to working from home and the shift to digital interactions with customers has gone well and passed all of the tests. I hope you found this conversation as enlightening and interesting as I did. Perhaps it even answered some of your own big questions. Special thanks once again to Jan Bellens from EY, Martin Bohr from the Institute of International Finance, and here at the IIF, our producer, Kate Samard. We're going to be back soon with a new episode kicking off a series on one of my favorite topics, debt. Once again, I'm your host, Dylan Riddle. Thank you for listening.